I'm so glad that God chose me many years ago and made me one of his children and I can be in a family like this. What a great morning we've had so far, haven't we? God is so good. It's such a privilege to be here and to know him and to be with other believers like yourselves, to worship him with an open heart and to be led like that. I just feel so full of God, don't you? Don't you? This month we're talking about the secret place and we've already had three messages but God has given, he just laid something on my heart to share with you. So I'm just going to start because I had to go to the, um, to the, to the Bible and I, I started to look up the word, the meaning of the word secret place. It says, depending on your Bible translation, the term secret place can appear dozens of times in both the Old Testament and in the New Testament. And it comes in different ways. The words like shelter, he is my shelter. The words like covering, he covers you. The words like dwelling, he lives in you and we live in him. These words are all related to the same Hebrew root word as the secret place. And the Hebrew word is sether, C-E-T-H-E-R. And it literally means to hide or be concealed. We can hide and be concealed in God. I think when I first heard about the secret place, my first thoughts had to go to Psalm 139. Psalm 139, and we, I'm going to read with you verses 13 to 16. I'm going to ask you to read it with me. I'll go from the top. Here we go. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. The secret place. You were formed in the secret place by God himself. You had no say in what you were going to be like. God had all the say. He created you in that place. The secret place is a creative place. A creative place. I want you to think, we said, we, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I want, let's all say that together. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. Tell the person next to you, you are wonderfully and fearfully made. Some of you say, the first thought that comes after you've said that is, I doubt it. I doubt it. I don't think so. <laughs> I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I'll tell you what right now, that that is the enemy's voice that you've just heard. The enemy will tell you, it's not true. No, you're not. Not really. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. Some of you have just thought, yeah, I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. Well, I'm not feeling like it right now. I don't feel like I'm wonderfully and fearfully made. I'll tell you, that is your soul speaking to you. Your soul. Your soul is telling you that you're not feeling like it, so it can't be true. 
The enemy says, doubt it. It's not true. But the word of God says, I am wonderfully and fearfully made. What am I going to put my trust in? What am I going to believe? The truth or a lie? It's interesting, eh? It's as simple as that, you know. It's as simple as that. It goes on in our head all the time. So, and I just, I just open that up. But the Word of God says that you are wonderfully. He knows you. He knows every part of you. He knows how many hair there are on your head. God knows everything. He's seen every day. Every day he has seen everything you've ever felt in your life. God knows about it. He knows it all. Everything. You are so, so important to him. You are so, so significant to what he wants to do. He can't do what he wants to do through anybody else but you. He created you for purpose. God loves you. He wants to meet with you. He wants to talk with you. He wants you to, he knows things that we're weak and he wants to give you strength in areas. God wants to touch you. He cannot wait for you to come to that secret place. He desires to be with you. You know, we kind of back away. You know why we back away? Because we kind of think, oh, but guilty. But the Bible says there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. No. It says come freely, come boldly into his presence. So what keeps us away from going to our secret place? In Psalm 32 verse 7, the psalmist says, You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking, God, I'm just singing my heart out. Everything that I was feeling on the way to church and all the stuff that was worrying me has gone out the window. Why? Because I've been delivered through songs. God delivers us. When we start to sing, he releases something of us. We let go of some things and we start to enter in to that secret place. It's a hiding place. It's a place where you can be protected from trouble. And he surrounds you. I can remember going to Norfolk Island many years ago. And my my brother-in-law got a job over there and my sister were there. And they took me out into the bush. It's only a small island. It's about five miles by three miles. But up in, there's a forest area. And in the middle of that forest area, there was a tree, a great big, tall tree. And this tree was, was a, had a little plaque there. Um, if you know Norfolk Island, it was a penal colony. It was only where prisoners were sent, and so there were guards. It was a very tough place to survive. But at this tree, they, they had been working around there, and a prisoner, it said, had been living in the hollow of the tree for five years. They thought they'd lost him. You couldn't get off the island. The seas were pretty rough. But this guy had found a hiding place. It was a good hiding place. It was a hiding place where he didn't have to do hard labor. He was free. He, he was free. He could relax. He could just, he, he felt there was nothing that he had to do. He could go out and forage for food. He could hear what was going on around him. And the story goes that even when the soldiers or the army or the prison guards brought the gangs of prisoners up there, he would be hiding in the shelter of this tree. Nobody else knew it was hollow. And he would, he would actually hear what was going on around the outside. And when they left to go back to the prison at night, out he'd come. And he enjoyed it. It was a hiding place. And I find sometimes in my life, I need that kind of a hiding place to know that I'm hiding in God. 
because things get tough and they start to rob you of some freedoms that you have. And, you, you know, you need that hiding place. So the psalmist says, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with the songs of deliverance. In Psalm 27 verse 5, for in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. This is not really speaking about a physical place. It's more a state of peace that God gives to you. It's a state of peace. It's, it's, it's inside us. There is a place inside us for everyone. You know, when I first became a Christian, there was a song, and I got to know this really early on. It says, you are my shelter, my fortress, strong tower, my ever-present help in time of need. You know, I knew that truth from a young age, and it's guarded me, and it still works for me today. Knowing the truth and believing the truth and receiving what Jesus has done strengthens us. So the secret place. What, what's it all about, finding the secret place? The secret place is where we experience the presence of God, where we see his glory. There's a beautiful story in Exodus chapter 33. In Exodus chapter 33, Moses has been given a task and he wants to go. He needs to go and do what God's told him to do. And he says, well, I don't want to go unless I know that you are going with me. He wants God to go with me. Show me your glory, he said. And then towards um, verse 22, it says, when my, this is God speaking to Moses, when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in a rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Verse 23, then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. You couldn't look to God and you couldn't come face to face or you would die. But God showed him the glory. Where did he show him the glory? He hid him in the cleft of a rock. It was a secret place. In your secret place, God will show you his glory. In your secret place. You know, it can be any day of the week. I've got a big decision to make today. I've got a, I've got a tough day ahead of me. Go to your secret God, today, I need you to show me your glory. Today, I need you to fill me with your wisdom. I need you to do this. And you watch the glory. God will reveal to you his glory through that day, just like he did for Moses. He does it for us. We just forget to ask sometimes. In Psalm 91, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. He will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. We can live there. How do you live there? Well, you just have to move in. You just have to move in. I'm moving out of the world and I'm moving away from all the busyness and I'm just moving in with God. You know, you just need to make the decision. Once you've made the decision, you're going to move in. That's where you're going to live. Um, we need to be willing to quiet our hearts before him and to really press into him. You see, there are different levels of relationship you can have with God. It all starts, I had to look this up in the dictionary to find out what it, but we talk about friendship. We have friendship with God. Yes, we do. You know what the dictionary says about friendship? It's about knowing somebody, about liking them, about affection, and about loyalty. You can sense the love of God 
You can, you can like him, you can like being with others, you can like, and you can experience affection, and you can experience loyalty. When somebody's having an attack, you can be loyal to your friend God. But there's more. The word fellowship, you can have fellowship with God. You can share. Share with God. Share your troubles with God. You can share, you know, you can share what God has done in your life with other people. You can, you can share. Sharing, having fellowship with God is mutual interest in activities, according to the Bible. According to the dictionary, sorry. So the dictionary says, you know, you can have interest. So it's, it's going deeper. It's just a little bit more than just having friendship. I know a lot of people who have friendship with God, but they can't see what God's doing, and they're not sharing their lives with God. they got God sitting in the back seat. You know, bring him over to the front seat, you know, and have fellowship with him and enjoy him. And then there's another level of relationship that I have discovered. It's called intimacy. The, Bible, uh, the dictionary, sorry, talks about understanding. It talks about being close, being deeply personal, being private and being secret. You know, and, and these, to be intimate, I know God called me to be intimate. There was a room in my life where I got saved when I was 34 years old and a lot of things had happened and there was a lot of rejection and there was a lot of brokenness and there was a lot of stuff that happened in my life that, that really you know, had made me who I was at that time. And there had to come a time when God, God says, be intimate with me. Allow me to come into that little place. Allow me, because I can heal you. You don't have to carry those things that hurt you. You don't have to carry those offences that happened. You don't have to carry that pain anymore. But I've stuck it in the room and moved on, but I've never dealt with those things. And when in my intimacy, I learnt to slowly open the door to that part of my life and say, God, have a look. I don't like it. It hurts. But God, you know... Truly, in those early years, my heart is sitting in church like this and worshipping God. And then somebody would say, those who, who would like prayer and whatever, and I, my heart is beating, and I'm up the front. I went for prayer that many times. Sometimes I got up there and I laughed my head off. Other times I got up there and I cried like crazy. And sometimes I even lay on the floor and I had no idea what was happening to me. But I was there seeking God and allowing him into that darker place in my life where he could bring healing to all the brokenness in my life. You know, when you experience God's healing, I don't know how he did it. I just know that he did because I'm different. I changed in those moments. They were moments when I surrendered all of me to God. I'm yours, God. You know, and he changes us and the Holy Spirit comes and we can have that depth of relationship. You know, it's those sort of levels of relationship determine your desire. You've got to desire God to be intimate with him. You hear what I'm saying? We've got to really look for him. A lot of things happen in our secret place. You know, I wrote here, it's a place where the fruit of the Holy Spirit take root and grow. Unless you take time in your secret place with God, you know, the fruit of the Holy Spirit mentioned in Galatians, love, peace, joy. Peace, uh, patience was one that my husband needed to work a bit on this morning. But love, peace, 
joy, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They grow. That's where they take root, and they grow when you get into your secret place. When you get into your secret place, you start to see your life from an eternal perspective. Your perspective changes. You don't look at what's around you. You're looking forward at what's ahead of you. You know, there's something that changes. Frustrations lose their significance in that place. Does it have to cost you? We don't neglect our responsibilities and we don't neglect our relationships by going into our secret place. That's all part of life. We need to learn how to dwell in that place, be constantly calling out to God. The Holy Spirit, he will teach you. The more time that you spend in your secret place, the stronger and more fruitful you will become. That's an amazing thing. So that's the first point I just wanted to open up to you. The second thing I want to talk to you about is protecting your secret place. We have to protect it. Once we've found it and we know what it's there and experienced the presence of God and we learn to live there, we need to protect it. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Let's read it together. Above all else, Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life, it says in some other translations. Your relationship with God is the wellspring of your life. That's where everything's going to come from. You know, it it is a, a wellspring of life. You need to guard that secret place. Your secret place needs to be full of God things, full of peace, full of joy full of faith. You know, it, it needs to be, every, it needs to, no, you need to know that God is in control. That's what happens there. God is in, no matter what, God is in control. He loves me. He is for me. You know, and as, that's the secret place. If we're not in that place, I'll tell you what, we're being robbed. We need um, that, that secret place to be a holy place. It's a holy place. Be careful what you take into a holy place with God. You know, it needs to be a place that's consecrated to God. We need to respect our secret place. You know, show respect to it. Um, It's showing respect to God and not putting him on the back seat. Wait, no, just wait. I haven't got time, Lord. I haven't got time. I can't do that right now. I have to. No, I'll do it later. We, We need to respect our time with God when we come into that secret place. It's something that needs to be respected. Be selective as to what you allow in. It is a mistake to let everything into your secret place. Things like offences, worries, troubles, stress, doubts, turmoil, resentment, Don't let them into your secret place. Don't let them into your secret place. These things, they contaminate us if we carry them. Letting these things in will impact everything that you do. It shows other people that you are worried about something. When you are worried about something, the opposite is true. You're not putting your trust in God. You know, there's a point we have to put our trust in the Lord. We can't stop what is happening, but we can control what we allow in. In my secret place, my joy, 
and my peace and my faith need to be complete. And if they're not, I say, God, forgive me for those, but I will believe. I will. I am wonderfully and fearfully. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious. And I begin to tell myself what the truth is. And as I quote the truth, the lies disappear fast. There's always feelings that are knocking on the door of your secret place. Feelings, particularly negative feelings, like anger or envy or self-pity, don't let them in. Don't let them in. They'll make you a bitter person in the end. There are times when all of us get discouraged or disappointed, hurt or everything is in turmoil. Our enemy uses these things to rob us of our peace, our joy and our confidence. Don't let these things into your secret life. I heard a story, I was just looking at some things, and ships never sink because of the water around them. Ships sink because of the water that gets into them. A ship can be on the ocean with hundreds of miles of water around it. It can be calm or it can be cold, it can be choppy, it can be rough or there can be monstrous waves. The ship, is none of this is a problem to a ship unless it gets in. And so in our lives, we need to take a lesson from this. Here's a good key for you. You know, we need to learn not to let the outside get into the inside of us. People let everything into the inside. Offences, worry, upsets. They are not protecting their secret place. Before long, they become filled with issues, and before you know it, in creeps self-pity and all these other little things. You know, and they rob us. In the Bible, Paul the Apostle, Look at Paul. You just have to read the book of Acts and look at what happened to Paul. He was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was shipwrecked, bitten by snakes. He was, he was falsely accused. He had all the stuff come against him. You know what he says? He says, none of these things move me. Paul the apostle, we can't stop storms coming, but you can stop what's getting in. Paul could have said, this is all unfair, God. This is so unfair. He could have become bitter about it. He could have been swallowed up in self-pity, but he guarded his heart. He protected his secret place. Here's another one, Joseph. Look at Joseph in the book of Genesis. Look at all that happened to Joseph. You know, and Joseph, all that he went through, everything he felt, he didn't live there. He didn't dwell there. He operated out of a place of peace. It's a powerful place to operate from. You know, in the end, he says to his brothers, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Or look at David. David's another one. He was on the run. He was anointed to be king. He had, a, he had a promise from God. And what happened? He's out in the desert living in caves, and, and Saul is out to kill him. And he could have been really um, upset about a whole lot of stuff. But you know, in one story, it says that in the cave, he was deep in the cave hiding with his men, and Saul didn't know. And when the opportunity came for him to get rid of his enemy, he said, no, I need to do the right thing. And, you know, we need to do the right thing like David when he had the opportunity. God promoted both David and Joseph to be kings of their respective lands. Why? They guarded their secret place. 
During tough times, it's even more important to guard your heart. Be careful what you allow to get into you. Stay positive, hopeful, peaceful. That will allow God to work. We listened to the story about Mary, you know, Mary and, and, and how wonderful this innocent, beautiful young lady, a virgin, you know, and God chose her to be the mother of Jesus. Do you know, we don't really think of all that she had to go through. We forget those sort of things. She had to accept the fact that she would be misunderstood all her life. You know, all her life. There would have been negative talk. Oh, look at Mary. She's pregnant and, and, and she says she's done nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, and it's, she would have had lots of negative talk. Even Joseph questioned it until the angel appeared to him, you know. But there would have been all sorts of criticisms. Joseph's not even the father of her eldest son, you know. And all this talk that she could have taken to her heart, but she opted not to. The innuendos about her whole life. You know, what she held on to, she only took inside her what God had promised her. She carried it in her heart. She allowed that to touch her. She stayed in a place of faith and expectancy. She guarded her heart or protected her secret place against all the negative talk and the negative feelings. Lesson, we need to get good at letting things go. We really need to get good at letting things go. We hold on to stuff, but we've got to let it go. At work, somebody says something rude to you and it's offensive, let it go. It's not worth the energy or the effort. In relationships, in family situations, in finance, in times of difficulty, confusion, or even in a bad medical report, you get a bad medical report, and it happens to a lot of us. It happened to me, and, you, and, and it can knock you for six. But, you know, you say, well, Lord, I might have a tough time going up ahead, but I know, Lord, you are with me. You are with me, God, and we will get through this. You are the God that's going to heal me. And you start to rise up, and your secret place doesn't get contaminated by the negative feelings that could come at that time. You know, you, we need to stand strong on the word of God. The enemy, he tricks you. He deceives you into bringing into your inner sanctuary. Don't let him rob your peace and your joy. Don't let him poison those things. You know, when we put our trust in God, and it allows God to go to work, but there's a scripture and it says, let God arise and your enemies be scattered. Yeah. It's worth going to your secret place and living there. Make it home. And let your enemies be scattered. You know, when Jesus came to the toughest part of his life, that last week, in his moments of greatest pain, one time in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says he was deeply distressed and troubled. And these are the words he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow, yet, yet, not my will, and let but your will be done. He protected his heart from the situation around him. You know, there's another time when he was being nailed to the cross, and while his body was enduring extreme pain, he cried out, Father, 
forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Jesus also needed to guard his heart. He did not let the enemy have any ground. He trusted the Father and fulfilled the purpose for which he was sent. I just want to put the last scripture up for you. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 21. I'd like to read it with with all of us together. Here we go. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. How can you how can you win all those battles? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. How can you win? How can you make the right choices? How can you not carry upsets? How can you not carry pain? Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Empty out of all that junk. Empty it. Give it to God. Get rid of it. Some of us sit there for years, you know, and we don't know why we can't experience the presence of God in our secret place because we've got so much other stuff in there. We've got to empty out of ourselves and out of some of these things and say, Lord, I am so hurt, but I'm not carrying it. I cast my cares upon you. Here they go. I cast my cares. And Lord, in that space that's just been vacated, please fill me with your Holy Spirit. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Nearly 2,000 years ago, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all mankind. God's, the Father's promise. The Father's promise came to us and we can be filled with power from on high. Power to live the life that God has called us to live. To live in victory. You know, and and to have that power. Jesus in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He will enable you to speak, to go out and tell others, I can't do it on my own. I need the Holy Spirit to come with me and to be, you know, because he's showing me and telling me how and what to do. He gives me the ability to be able to love people with the love of Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit is being poured out. Today, the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Today, if God, if you think, I've got stuff going on in my life, i just got to give it over. No, it's taken up way too much of my energy worrying about stuff. It's stopping me. It's just stopping me. You know, as we're going to come to a little time of ministry at the moment, because there's two years, if you haven't ever got to know Jesus, you know, tell someone, or come and see me later. Tell someone, I want to give my life to Jesus. I really need to help. I need to be able to live a different sort of life. I need God in my life. He has to help me out of some of these situations. But secondly, for some of us, you know, the levels of depth of our relationship with God, 
Father, I'm coming, I'm pressing in. I need to come closer to you, Lord. I need you to hear. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your glory in my life, Lord. When you're pressing into God and you want God to fill that space and you, why don't you stand up right now just where you are? Just stand up if you want the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit to come on you, today is Pentecost Sunday, that God poured out His Spirit. It was in a secret room where there were 120 people gathered and the Holy Spirit came like the sound of a mighty rushing wind where you are right now. Open your life to God. Let Him touch you. Let Him fill you afresh. If you have never been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you think, I don't even know what this is about, just by faith say, God, I need to get closer to you. I need more of you. I want you to come out the front right now. Just get out of your seat and walk to the front and say, God, boldly, here I am. Fill me with this Holy Spirit. I don't know what it is, Lord, but I need your power in my life. I need your power in my life. So come forward, come and stand up here and open your heart. Jesus is the one who baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. Never experienced it? This is a great opportunity. Don't let it go by. God will do something in you. He will make you all that He's created you to be. Let's go right back to the beginning. He formed you. He shaped you. He has purpose for you. Come forward. Those who have not been filled or baptized and you think, I don't know, if you haven't got a prayer language and you want one, come on up. Come right up to the front. The rest of you who are standing, open up your hearts. The Holy Spirit is going to come and touch you. I just want two minutes, please. Just two minutes.